just to start with, I don't know if uh, many of you were like me when I was growing up, um, but I grew up in the church, and as I was growing up, the idea or the notion that someone could talk to God, um, and that God would communicate with them and talk back to them, wasn't normal. Just, you know, didn't really, it was kind of talking to God and hearing from God. It was one of those privileges that the spiritual elite had, like the top dogs in Christianity, like they could hear God and they talked to but the rest of the Christian masses, you know, the normal ones like us, well, you know, you get by. Um, and so, um, no, yeah, that's one of the things I, I grew up with in church. And um, I kind of just want to talk about why that's ridiculous. Um, and I kind of want to challenge that thought. Um, yeah, regardless whether you think that or not, I want to challenge that thought. Um, and here's why. So, um, I want you to have a look back there. And I want you to have a look at the parents, especially the ones with the babies and the little kids. Sorry, parents, you didn't know this was going to happen. Um, but that's fine, you have to do anything. So, I just want you to have a look at them, and uh, you can see there's a dad there with a little baby, and he's holding him, her, and, um, and, um, you know, and they're protecting their kids, and they love their kids, and they feed them, and they take care of them. And, uh, you know, and that's parents with, with their kids, but there's also you know, married couples, they talk to each other, and they love each other, and friends. You know, we, um, there's something important about relationships, um, where we take care of each other, and we love each other. And what each of these relationships, people in these relationships might say, is that the key to this is communication. Is that each person in that, in that relationship knows that they're being listened to, and they can talk as well, and they're going to be heard, and that they can listen to the other person. So communication, you know, big thing. Long-lasting marriages, what do they say? Oh, communication, you know, good communication, we've got to make this last. Um, so communication is a great thing. Um, and I kind of want to, again, looking at the parents, um, Holding that in your mind, the Bible says, throughout the whole of the Bible, and in some places really specifically, it says, God is our Father, and God says, I am your dad. I love you a lot more than any of the people in the world put together can love you. I love you with such a great love, you can't even, like, you can't get your head around it, it's so great. Um, and so, you know, this is, it, this is what the Bible says, like, throughout the whole of it, that God loves us so intensely, and yet... Um, and I admit I'm guilty of this as well and yet we entertain the thought that somehow we can't speak to God that somehow there's something in the way or that we have to sort of reach some kind of holiness before God can listen to us before you know, we can actually be ourselves before God kind of like a kid can be with their dad um, and you just think, that's ridiculous you know, this is what the Bible says, this is the truth God is our Father and yet we hold this sort of insecurity this feeling about that um, and I, like I said, I admit, I, I had these thoughts as well. I, I, for a long time, thought, actually, yeah, I can speak to God. And part of the process for me was to actually ask God, help me believe what you say. Help me believe this is true and help me do it. Um, there's a verse in, where is it? Oh, I've got that. Romans. Romans 12, it says, Not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and then it goes on to say about how with that we'll then be able to know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. And we'll be able to sort of test it and know what it, what it is. Um, it's not there. Uh, that's fine. And, um, and so there's a process of, of, of our mindsets being changed. And that was something for me. I had to then sort of ask God to help me. Okay, this is what your word says. This is the truth. Help me believe it. Um, so this is kind of the challenge I'm bringing to you. That... God says he's our father and he loves you. Um, Jesus, in John 10, talks about being a shepherd. 
and how he takes care of his sheep. And, um, and in the same way parents take care of their kids, he says, you know, essentially he says, I am the shepherd and the sheep know my voice. And when he calls them, they follow him. And when someone else calls them who, does it, who they don't know, they don't follow, but they follow Jesus. And so the question for you is to have a think about perhaps where you lie, you know, where your own thoughts are about hearing God, about God communicating with you. Um, and just, yeah, to have a think about that. Because Jesus is talking to us and he's calling us. The question is, do you know his voice? Once upon a time, there were two sisters. Once best of friends, they would often play together, share secrets, build snowmen together. Both girls had unique gifts and good hearts, but the other sister was only with an unusual ability to bring winter into their lives. As they grew older, so they grew apart, and so silenced the laughter they once shared. The other sister withdrew herself. Sustaining a cold and regal exterior while struggling with an inner torment. She had this, but if she stopped concealing the inner torment within her, she would, at the overpowering coldness, would, she wouldn't be able to contain it, and her weakness would be revealed. And so she fled to the room. In isolation, she was free to take off the This was a false freedom in which she hid herself. While her sister was suffering, the younger child, ever the persistent heroine, was pursuing her sister. And through a valiant act of love, showed her that the weakness that she was trying to hide was actually a beautiful power that she revealed. Okay. Uh, many of you, I hope, will know this fairy tale. Um, I chose to read, read it because the portrayal of inner struggle is familiar to me, um, and it's familiar to many of us. Because being open and honest about suffering is hard. Um, because we do perceive it to be a weakness. Um, but it doesn't have to be. Um, if, um, if someone says, how are you? We often say, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, and that's good because if in our busy 21st century lives, um, our time isn't wasted listening to other people's problems, um, then that's good. Um, and with our English tendency to brush things from the carpet, um, we're able to retain that false facade, and um, that's also good. But what if the person you're speaking to isn't fine? What if um, they share with you the fact that, okay, revision's a bit hard at the moment, I'm not feeling very well, I'm struggling with work, they're um, digestible, small digestible issues. Um, and that's okay. Um, but what if, what if they're being tested for cancer? What if they're depressed? What if they're struggling to pay bills? What do you say to that? If you're the person suffering, you might half congratulate yourself. Your smile told them. You said, I'm fine. And they believed you. But then your pain sits with you inside, protecting your shell. But if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, it says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness. Hardship, insults, hardships, 
persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says that um, with, through Jesus, um, we must not put a veil over our suffering, because that hardens our mind. But through Jesus, we can share in our suffering. Um, so when I, in my first year of university, um, I had the chance to take part in a cardinal testimony, which is just a short uh, testimonial statement um, about yourself. Um, this was mine, um, I hope you can read it. Um, but uh, yeah, so people told me I must have been very brave, I must have been very brave to share this about myself. Um, but it, it really was and still is um, God's strength in me that fueled my honesty. Um, and many good things came out of that testimony. And one of them being the fact that my friend um, rewrote his own testimony to share the fact that he too had been through an eating disorder. Um, so we shared, we also shared in our suffering. Um, a few months later, um, I was able to give another testimony in which I, I was able to give a more detailed account of what I'd been through. Um, and again, I was armed with a sense that um, this was no longer my testimony, this was God's, this was God's giving me. Um, and I spoke, and as I finished speaking, all these eyes on me, and I was very, very anxious, and a girl walked up to me and she said, um, I've been through the same thing as you, um, but I feel like God's telling me to tell my parents, um, and I don't know what to do. And she was very kind that weekend, and we were able to encourage, encourage each other, um, and I was able to text her, and we still encourage each other now. Um, so, maybe it's not feasible, but when someone says, how are you, and you say, <laughs> oh, I've been through this terrible thing, maybe it's not feasible to bear your heart and soul to every person you meet. But for the sake of Christ, who on that cross was seen as weak and was humiliated, but had, the, had a huge act of strength, the greatest act of strength, for the sake of Christ then, be content with weakness with insults, with hardships, with persecution and calamities, for when you are weak, then you are strong. If you could have any three people, round for dinner, looking me dead or alive, uh, who would you choose? So uh, chat with people around your tables and pick your three people. Okay, 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, do you want to stop your conversation? Sorry. <laughs> okay, I hope you had some good debates around your tables. Ewan is ready to ask you who your three people would be. So, Ewan, go. Yeah. Does somebody want to put their hands up and tell me uh, who would like to say why they picked? Uh, who they picked and why? Peter Rice, the golf commentator. Uh, John Watson, the football commentator, Henry Blofeld, the cricket commentator. I just think you're unstoppable banter. <laughs> Anybody got anything interesting to about that? <laughs> yes, Alana. Uh, a minion, um, uh, Adam Sandler, and Sandy Book. Oh, that's great. Okay. Fantastic. And any, any reason why you invite what any of them through? Uh, 
sure that all the people that Jesus hung out with weren't great banter. When I think about the woman at the well, or the tax collectors, or the lady caught in adultery, I'm not sure I had a great laugh with them, to be honest. Uh, In particular, Jesus spent three years of his life with Judas, the guy that he knew was going to kill him eventually. And I'm not sure that that is living comfortably. If we just spend time with people who we love and who are easy to hang out with, what does that say to the rest of this world? If you flip that around, uh, if we took time to show love to those people who we find difficult or hard to get on with, what does that say to the rest of the world about Christians? Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane that the unity that believers have, the love that believers have for one another, will show the world the love that the Father has for them. That others may come to know the Father through the love that we have for one another. That is incredible that people can become Christians, can know Jesus, because they see the love that we have for one another and want a bit of that. That is amazing. And if that's not a reason to hang out with people who find it a bit hard, I don't know what is. I would love for us to be a church which is made up of individuals who are outward looking. To be a church that reaches out to those who are difficult or feel misunderstood. I would love for us to be a church of people who aren't afraid of looking uncool in order to love people who aren't always loved. I would love for us to be a church which welcomes the awkward, the outcast, the misfit. A church which is breaking down those walls of comfortableness that we have built up in order to really love like Jesus loved. So, my challenge for you. Are there people in your life who you know you don't make time for because you find them difficult, awkward, just you don't like hanging out with them for whatever reason? I'm sure there are people in your life who you know you could love better. And I want to challenge you to invest in that person's life this week, not for your own personal gain, but to love them.